Hi, I'm Brad Pike, and this is Dear Diarrhea, a podcast about our embarrassing first attempts at self-expression, whether that's diaries, live journals, zangas, music, poetry, or stand-up. Today's guest is Danny Galvin. Hi, Danny. Hey, hey man. How's it going? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What would you like? I was. I think we're 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 about to say the same factoids and establish the uh, the timeline here. But you go ahead. Sure. <laughs> well, I used to I used to live with the host of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We were roommates back when I lived in Chicago uh, in 2015 to 2016, and then I moved out to Los Angeles, and then uh, four years later. I am a guest on the podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. That's the full. Nothing. Nothing else really happened. Um, we also them. wrote a musical together called Camp Psychopathways. Was it? Yes. Was it Psychopathways or Way? Psych- Psychopathways, right? Psychopathways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we wrote a full one act musical alongside uh, Robbie Ellis. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in several shows together too. We did that just happened together. We did. Um, oh yeah, that's that's right. I feel like there were a couple other things now, but yeah, that just happened. What a uh, what a debacle that fucking show was. You know what? You know what? I think I think I'll take a moment right here now to say mm-hmm. that show was a fucking mess. <laughs> I'll agree, but I will say thanks to that show and uh, yours and mine, like collaboration in it, uh, opened the door to my being able to do a like halfway passable J. Jonah Jameson impression, which I have done uh, several times since. It's so funny. I'm not going to do, I'm going to blow out the mic if I do it here. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I've got like my twitch uh streamer headset that's my boyfriend's that i'm stealing mm-hmm. but, uh, i feel like i will destroy it if i start full-on jk simmons screaming into it um i'm shocked that snl hasn't done uh a, a, a j jonah jameson on weekend update <laughs> how right ha, how, do how has that never happened members... it's a no-brainer to have whatever news story is the thing of the week to filter that through j jonah jameson it was I, a great, it was a great idea. I can't like, yeah. Cause it was no matter what, no matter what the host in that just happened, brought up, didn't matter. All J Jonah James wants to talk about is Spider-Man. Yeah. Photo, photographs of Spider-Man because that's his thing. And also saying like kind of a kind of weird misogynistic or like old fashioned, like conservative type jokes about things. Right. Like I feel like well, that's it was, J. Jonah Jameson's thing. There were, I feel, I think there were a lot of pop-ins during mm-hmm. it. Like we had like Betty Brant pop in a lot being like, you know, Mr. Jameson, your wife is online too, you know? Uh, well, you wrote it, so. I, I can't know. remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I know the one, cause we had, uh, we had Peter Parker come in and just be like, I just swung or flew here from uh, Topeka or wherever. <laughs> Parker, get out of here! Yeah. So, um, so what are we going to be hearing tonight, Danny? So I have to confess, I did not keep a diary 
growing up, um, my sort of terrifying adolescent creative output went into Star Wars fan fiction. Um, specifically fan fiction inspired by the 2003 game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. uh, and its sequel, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. I played those games when I was in high school, fell in love with them, and proceeded to write uh, close to a thousand pages worth of screenplay material, turning them into a seven film series. Seven. So two trilogies. And then what was the seventh? So it was originally six. And then (laughs) I I decided, you know, George R.R. Martin style, I decided there was so much rich material in the backstory uh-huh. That it needed its own oh, installment. You tried. You wanted to do a Star Wars story. I wanted to do a Star Wars story. Uh, a Rogue One. A Rogue One, but still about the main character. Just information that could and should have been conveyed through the characters in the present. I decided needed an entire film movie to, to yeah. chart out. Um, and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so what that, reading sorry. reading through these movies these seven movies seven movies God, to be that productive man you can yeah, only be that I know. productive when you are just totally when when you have just no sense of what is good and bad like i remember when i was in 6th grade i wrote like three books and they were yeah. like 200 pages long. And um, they were so unbelievably bad. But I was capable of writing them because I wasn't, think- I didn't- wasn't thinking about good or bad. I was just like, I want to write this. No, because it wasn't for anyone. Mm-hmm. You, I, was, I mean, for me, I was just like literally sitting in my parents' basement until all hours of the night watching combination of like x-files uh and then like later like if we were up really late like i was willing to watch like home improvement reruns Mm -hmm. and and type out this utter not only garbage but i like reading it through and and because i did look through it preparing for this podcast i was like i come off like a sexless like full psychopath particularly in regards to like what romance is Mm -hmm. it is like it it is it is the values that i would say were instilled by like growing up with the star wars prequels Mm -hmm. specifically but also kind of the original series which i uh recently rewatched han solo possibly one of the most sexist, yeah. uh, predatory, nagging, just every negative stereotype. And he does that, that. Have you noticed that he does it? I, I've, I was watching Blade Runner and I realized he does it in every movie. There's a scene in Blade Runner. Do you remember this scene where he throws the robot girl up against the, the wall 
She's oh, like, yeah, like Daryl Dar- Dar- Hannah, right? No, not Daryl Hannah. I mean, oh yeah, no, but, the other. But the his love interest, yeah, they're like having a, a an intimate moment, and she gets up to leave. Like she's not having it. She's not into it. And she she goes to the door, and he he puts his foot against the door to like keep it shut, and then he grabs her and throws her up against the wall and shoves and like puts his hands on her and then slowly moves in to kiss her. And it is uh, here in 2020. uh, I was, I was like, this is terrifying. It's an assault. Is this supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. Is this supposed to be romantic? Well, then you look back. I, um, because I truly have taken a deep dive into these fandoms. uh, There exists like transcript of um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and I think Larry Kasdan talking through the Indiana Jones story outline and talking about the relationship in the first one with Indiana Jones and uh, Marion is his old flame. Mm -hmm. And it's just George Lucas being like, yeah, so I think, you know, when they first dated, Indy should have been like 20, 21 and Marion should have been, you know, 12, 13. (laughs) And like Steven Spielberg is like, uh, you know, George, could we maybe, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. Could Indiana Jones not be a child fucker? You know, be a full, like we could be 16, 17, no, 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 12, 13. She needs to have been a child. So, I mean, I don't want to blame Harrison Ford. He's an actor. You know, he only does what's in the script. But then why is he doing it in every single movie he's in? Is it just a vibe he gets off, gets gives off? I, don't, I, I don't think know. that's the eighties. I mean, this is yeah, also. I guess it's just the eighties. I saw yeah. him in Working Girl. My boyfriend and I just watched Working Girl for him the first time. For me, the like tenth time the other night, and he's in that. And it's the classic like, oh, how do we know that Harrison Ford's the good guy, the romantic hero? The heroine has a combination of Xanax and alcohol falls over blacks out and he takes her back to his place and doesn't sleep with her that's the only qualification for him to be the good guy in hmm. uh, in the 80s that's enough that's how we know because any <laughs> other guy would have that he's not an actual rapist yeah um anything less than a rapist is like husband material <laughs> yeah oh he's that's the hero that's yeah. that's our hope um we with that in mind yes let's see some of these <laughs> but this is all floating around in teenage danny galvin's this is floating brain. around in teenage danny galvin's brain uh with a caveat that uh as i've mentioned i have a boyfriend i am a gay man oh so yeah it's it's all that mapped onto gay sith lords for the most part. And you're, are you closeted at this point? Fully. Yeah. No, I came out in college. So high school, but I will say when I came out, it surprises no one. Mm-hmm. So probably not closeted very well, but yes, I mean, this was, this was definitely like acting out a lot of, um, not sexual, just, you know, romantic, mm-hmm. but, um, well, we'll see. Should I? Should yeah. I go in? So this first one, this is this is a monologue I have, just to give a little bit of back. So this is um the 
they uh, the main characters have to get something out of this ancient Sith tomb and blocking the way is this uh, spirit of a long dead Sith Lord. So he's telling the story of how he ended up there. I once followed the Sith dogma to the letter, blindly pursuing my passions and instincts like an animal. Naga Sadow, my master, and I, we conquered the galaxy. We had claimed the throne for the Sith. Naga had everything he had ever wanted. He had the power of the Republic in the palm of his hand, the eternal glory of the Sith Empire, and me. We were more than master and apprentice. We were intimately involved. He suggested it, to follow our passions for lust, for sex, as much as we followed our passions to rule the galaxy. The Jedi did not understand love as I did. Neither did Naga. I loved him. I would die for him 1,000 times over, but he did not love me. All he followed was his passions. And then I told him, I told him that I was in love with him. That was when the truth of the Sith came to light. And that day, he killed me. He killed me because he was a Sith Lord, and that was what was important. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Psychopath! It is horrifying! <laughs> this, <laughs> so, this is, uh, so this is a monologue he's giving? This is, oh, this, the whole, the like, this is the... the thousand page tome is riddled oh with um the most overwritten overwrought like pages long monologues and i had watched movies i know this is not what's done but you know by the way that that i read was heavily trimmed heavily so trimmed you edited yeah, this i sure did I <laughs> oh, this is I a sure fucking did. didn't know about. <laughs> and you went back. <laughs> what was it? Oh my god! And you slept not twenty feet away from me for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you edited this. <laughs> when did you? What? What? Did you edit it like after you, like immediately after you wrote it or was it like? Oh, no, no, no. I like, I, I, cause yesterday, you know, I knew I was going to be on. I wanted to like find, um, find the best sort of passages. And I found this one and I was like, oh, this pretty much codifies a lot of like what, Mm -hmm. you know, what this is about. But I read through it once and I was like, oh, I can't, this is going to be the whole show if I just sit and read this damn thing. So I have to like do a do a quick hack job on it okay okay so you the the edits took place yesterday okay so so okay so it wasn't like at some point in the last few years you went through and you were like you know what there's something here that's what i thought you'd done you know what well i I did did no i did do that i did uh so this would have been from the movies that were written Mm -hmm. uh i think my like sophomore junior year of high school then um from those seven movies, senior year came around uh, and I decided that A, I could, you know, I had learned some things as a writer in the past year and B, there was just too much story. So I decided to turn it into a television program uh, and I wrote like 19 episodes. So it's another like thousand pages of output. 
on telling the same story again as a show. I don't think I have that. As a television show. As I said, I decided this was a, this wasn't a series of movies. This was a television show. I and don't. How much, how much did you say you wrote? Oh, like a thousand, probably a thousand pages or so each. A thousand, each, more, thousand more. more pages. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I uh, moved out to LA to go to graduate school for writing, um, writing scripts. Now I have not written a thousand pages since the end of high yes. school. No, I have my entire output probably comes to about half of that in the intervening like 14, 15 years. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, I, sometimes I wish like when I look back on my output as a, as a teenager, I'm just like, man, I just need to remove the part of my brain that cares what other people think or what I think or what is good or what is bad or (laughs) If well, I could just fucking take that out for a little while. But even then, that's kind of what makes, helps me write. So I couldn't take it out because then I would just write garbage, right? I think I would want to take it out for like the first draft. I would, if I could take it out for like three hours and just sit and like piss something out on the page. And then I can slide it back in, look at it, say it's garbage, but mm. this like one sentence is funny. I'll pull that out. I I'd want to do that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Um, but I I just think that like there's a I need that part of my brain to just know where to even start, to even like know what oh. to kind of run the ger- you know the 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 gerbil the 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 gerbil. Um, to like run the lab rat experiment on my own brain to be like, yeah. is this good? And then it'll be like, yeah, I mean, yeah, just keep going in that direction. Cause otherwise I'll just write about whatever I, I want to write, which is always, always going to be bad. <laughs> See, I mean, my issue is that I do run that lab rat experiment, but the problem is my brain on average runs it for like a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. how long it takes. And then if I do write something, it's usually pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. like I need to run that lab rat about 50 billion times over the course of, yeah, like 20 months. Uh, and and by then that way, lab rat's dead. It's been, Oh, it's, it's the great grandchild <laughs> of the lab rat. No, it's, it's a uh, ratty the fourth. Yeah. Um, so if I could, but- if I could get it down to like just ratty junior, and I'm ready. That that could be nice. Um, do you have a, another uh, passage you'd like to read? I do. I have, <laughs> so that was that was the darker side of you know sixteen year old Danny's uh, views of romantic relationships. I did find another. This one's a scene mm-hmm. uh, between two different gay Sith lords. Um. When, when things are going well. Mm-hmm. So this is um, uh, these two, Revan and Malik are their names. And Revan's like the main guy. He's the, he's the main character. Um, they've just found some MacGuffin somewhere and they're one step closer to like conquering the galaxy together. And um, Revan has just found the mask 
that he's going to put on, uh, which in the game allows you to not realize who Revan is for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then story reasons, it's basically there so he can like, you know, uh, be more of an idea, kind of Batman style, be more of an idea than a person. Um, so here we go. Uh, interior shuttle cockpit. Revan puts on a mask. Revan, looks nice, doesn't it? Malik, is that the message that you really want to send to the people of the galaxy? Revan, if it works. Malik, well, you better not wear that much. Well, you better not wear that that much around me. I'll never be able to see your face. Revan, well, shucks, Malik. Don't that make me blush? Malik, which just makes you all the sexier. Revan, you ever call me sexy again, I'll kill you. (laughs) Malik, yeah, this is... (laughs) This is coming from, you know, watching the movie of you look... Anakin telling Padma, you look so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. And then, you know, two hours later, he's forced to... I'll kill you. I'll kill you, yeah. Um... Uh, I also love what is it? Gosh, yeah. Do you, did you know that the Star Wars galaxy has southern lilts? <laughs> Specifically, like you know, Scarlett O'Hara fiddle dd style uh, <laughs> southern uh, southern I, slang. Look, I mean, Dex from the diner is a character in in Star Wars. So what are we talking about here? The Star Wars yeah. is a big galaxy. It's got southern accents. It's got like it's a thousand worlds somewhere. Yeah, if they've got if they've got Jewish caricatures, uh, Asian caricatures, uh, black caricatures, every, you know, someone's got to have a southern caricature somewhere. Yeah, you know, and let's so. make it our romantic lead. Oh my God! Remember the fucking cl- what is it? Uh, was it the Clone Wars movie that had? Uh, like a little hut. Do you remember this? Like one of the huts was like, Oh, I'm just a humble hut. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. To get these Jedi away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basic. Yeah. That, that like, yep. I, I do. I have not seen the clone wars movie, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, oh God. How do I get back into this fucking scene? Uh, <laughs> um okay yeah you ever call me sexy again i'll kill you malik well sorry didn't know you were in one of your moods (laughs) (laughs) you you know how you know how you react when your partner says he's gonna kill you Mm -hmm. sorry um revan what moods i don't have any moods malik oh really take a look in the mirror Revan, shut up. You're making me lose my concentration. Uh, oh, because they're flying. They're flying. Mm-hmm. Malik, you're so sexy when you're yelling. Revan, that's it. It's go time. Revan leaps out of his chair, knocking Malik to the ground. Revan, what you going to do now, huh? Call me sexy again. Malik knocks Revan off, then pins him to the ground. Malik, it seems the roles are reversed, love. Revan, you've gotten quick. When did you learn to do that so fast? Malik, you just underestimate me. They share a tender kiss. 
<laughs> Did I mention that I didn't kiss uh, a gentleman until I was 19 years old, well into college? Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't mention that, but uh, I, I didn't inferred. I think it was in, yeah, you could pretty much. <laughs> um, so did you, at this point, as you, you wrote, as you're writing this, do you know that you're in the closet or do you just think that this is an interesting relationship? <laughs> oh no, a hundred percent. I was like, oh, and by the way, like I say, like, uh, you know, you're writing, you, you know, you're just writing in the dark just for you. But I will say there was sort of a train running in the back of my head saying like, I'm going to be a pioneer. I'm going to introduce like the LGBTQ community into the star Wars universe with this. Like I, like I was hot shit, you know? Oh, so it's like a social justice warrior thing. And you had no idea that you were like, that that you were uh i mean i wasn't gonna do it like the next day but i was like i'm laying the groundwork now so that like you know when i'm you know 25 and famous i'm going to like pull these out and say like this is my magnum opus this is like i'm gonna reboot star wars and i'm gonna make it so gay (laughs) god i wish someone would do that now can you imagine i i just I would love for right now, now that the 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 trilogy is done, the oh. whole Skywalker saga is done, for s- whoever's the next person, wh- who's the next, who's who's writing the next trilogy? Oh, I mean that's all up. They've they've given movies to like Taika Waititi, yeah, yeah, kind of movie. Uh, the Game of Thrones guys were oh, yeah. involved at one point. Uh, I mean. Favreau's uh, they're doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi show it's I guess I'd love over. it if Kathleen Kennedy would just go you know what we've seen the the heterosexual take on Star Wars this next generation of Star Wars is going to be all gay the whole <laughs> thing's going to be gay all the aliens are going to be gay all the Jedi are gay everything is gay Okay, and I'll, I'm not taking questions. <laughs> and then yep. just down the, whatever the, uh, what is it called? The Star Wars Celebration. That's, that's what she comes out and announces. <laughs> and she walks off from the podium. And, and just, she walks off and just like, it's like Chris Hardwick on stage scrambling like, oh, let's see another trailer for Lego star Wars Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mandalorian, your dick's so big (laughs) in a world. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, you know, yeah. yeah, Positioning themselves. This is the way. Yeah. 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 Um, That was, that was going to be me in my, teenage brain um don't don't you have a scene from the tv show that suddenly goes to the present day oh oh shoot i wish okay i can't say i i don't have that Uh because i was looking at like the movie because they are i mean they're both horribly written but the movie Mm. scripts are slightly worse um but I can tell you. So my, yeah, this was like the, other than the gay thing and the twists that are inherent in the video games, the like 
my like season, you know, season three, uh, you know, lost flash forward kind of twist was there's a character who, um, pop, you know, like pops in and out a lot, kind of like the observer on fringe. Mm-hmm. They're just always around at these weird events. And then you find out they, in the finale, they end up, um, in like a de- you just a random like Tatooine looking desert and then a sports car drives up and you they get out and you find out that this character is someone from earth from our earth who so we now live in the officially the same unit we have a, a line and he can like travel through space and time uh and he's been going back to like try to stop some calamity. You then find out he's locked in a, uh, a a battle in time with his brother. Get this, the young Emperor Palpatine, who's <laughs> holy, oh my, also been jumping into the past. And then you they're they're stop trying to stop this dude. I'm just picturing of- like the emperor <laughs> on a civil war battlefield. Yeah. And then, you know. <laughs> no, because because they can only they can they can't time travel. There's rules here. They can't time travel in their own world. They can only jump between the galaxies. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. Here's what it was. You thought that they were, you thought they were jumping through dimensions, but then in the finale, the finale of my show all built up to this like big, you know, apocalyptic battle. Um, and the idea was it's, it's all to stop this like kind of like bomb from going off. And, but then the end, you find out that the bomb is not, they, they stop it by like reversing the polarity of it. So instead of destroying, and the battle is on like some planet, like way off the charts of the star Wars. They don't know. Like, they're just like, Oh, this is beyond our, we got to go so far to get there. So they reverse the polarity and it's instead of destroying, it unleashes this huge amount of creation on the planet. And you find out that planet is earth. Yeah. That's that like, Biblical creation is thanks to this Star Wars battle. And our <laughs> my God, you you did a Battlestar Galactica. I did a Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> but I will say this: I will. This was before the Battlestar finale that I came up with this horseshit. <laughs> so uh, you know, if anything, God, <laughs> I. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine if somehow that happened in a Star Wars movie? That <laughs> can you imagine if like oh the end yeah. of Rise of Skywalker they go to Exegol right yeah. and they you know they stop the Emperor and in in order to like I don't know heal Kylo or whatever the fuck or heal Rey they unleash the force of creation and it turns Exegol yeah. into earth 
Well, it's like the destiny of the Skywalkers has all along been to like take take the energy of all the Skywalkers, all the Jedi and Rey has to like burst it out in one moment. And then and then and then we cut to like, you know, several, you know, hundreds of millions of years in the future. Uh And uh, and it's like, uh, you know, like a a family is uh, going through a a graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know uh, Kylo Ren written on a stone in like Star Wars letters and they're like I wonder who that's for and then it's like it pans up and it shows like it's Ray somehow or something yeah it's just like the it's you just see like shimmering blue uh, oh yeah 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 Adam Driver yeah yeah. and uh, and Daisy Ridley (laughs) yeah and they just they they know they yeah. know what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just rolled the credits. <laughs> yeah. You you were mad over casting Kelly Marie Tran. Try that fucking ending. That's that's the ending that the nerds deserve for everything they did after Last Jedi. <laughs> oh yeah. I I will say, yeah, I would have I would have preferred even that ending over what to, to what the Rise of Skywalker actually ended up being. Because at least um, then it's still sticking a middle finger up. By these, the way, like, the nerd response to The Last Jedi getting good reviews from all the critics mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Trump supporters not being able to deal with losing the election. It's like yeah. it's like reality intruding on their subjective reality and they can't deal with it. They're like, no, 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 no. My reality is going to be your reality. I will make it your reality. How dare you think this was a good movie? I will change the, I will change the universe. I will do, I will create a petition. Yes. Have them. They, that there was that goddamn petition that got like, I feel like tens of thousands of signatures to, I believe the quote was remake the last Jedi with a competent director. Yeah. Um, as if, as if Ryan Johnson didn't have to go through 50,000, you know, Disney boardrooms to yeah. get that movie approved, but sure. And then uh, the, the other thing they did was like, they swarmed the user review score for yeah. Rotten Tomatoes to yeah. like drop it to, you know, 0% or whatever um, so that they could tell people like, yeah, maybe the Rotten Tomatoes score is high, but the user review score is super low. And so yeah. like, which I mean, then you do think back to uh, Anakin's got a line to Padme in the prequels. He says, we can roll the galaxy, make things the way we want them to be. And you realize, oh, these are guys who identify with mm-hmm. that fully toxic masculine persona and who like think that that's not only the hero, but like the paragon. That's that's the ideal. <laughs> that's what you are shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so do, do you have anything else that uh, I have? I have one little nugget. Okay, good. Because I did. Uh, so I, in looking through, these are the screenplays. Um, mm-hmm. I found at the end. I had written a dedication. Uh, so oh, like, no. 
you know, whatever it, you know, earth is created fade out the end. And then I wrote, well, I'll just, <clears throat> it was like all the things, this is probably the most embarrassing for me. Cause mm-hmm. this not only is everything that everything else has been so far, but just shows how, how much I thought of myself. Uh, these screenplays are dedicated to all of the heroes in my life. My parents, Meryl Streep. <laughs> Can you imagine the credits? <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. this movie? It like yeah. ends, like everything's exploded. Somebody's yeah. like, well, that's a Skywalker or, you know, whatever yeah. they say at the end. And then... <laughs> Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, you know, and then dedicated to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a special thing. Yeah. So Pat and Lisa Galvin, Meryl Streep, Samwise Gamgee. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> who, if yeah. any listeners, yeah, well, I don't have to explain who that is. Samwise Gamgee, my friend, Rachel. And the wicked. I want that to come up on the credits. My friend Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the wicked witch of the West. Now. (laughs) This clearly paints me as someone. (laughs) And this whole time you're like, and I'm straight. Time to go have sex with a woman. But here's the thing. Uh, yes, to the outside world. But to me, this is like, in my mind, I know I'm gay, but in my mind, I'm trying to convince, just as much as I'm trying to convince the world that I'm straight, mm-hmm. I'm trying to convince myself that I am like a classic homosexual. Mm. That I like, like, oh, I just love the Wicked Witch of the West, Cruella de Vil, and the Evil Queen from Snow White, honey. Those are my heroines. No, I did not, I did not watch. I've, I've seen The Wizard of Oz like twice maybe in my entire life. I've no, like that was just me being like, I'm a modern day Oscar Wilde. I'm a pithy little homosexual writer. Um. <laughs> which i wasn't oh and okay so the last uh so i thank all of them i extend a special thanks to george lucas for, oh for, that's big of you yeah right yeah. <laughs> for um for bringing me into film and setting my career and life into motion which does make it sound like he's my dad yeah <laughs> he's not or do you any any thoughts um and i don't i just i just want these movies to be made so bad i would just die to see these movies i like i i don't know how much it would cost to animate them or a radio drama to say, but I will also say these would be honest to God, like just the movies would be like 50 hours long because I say 800 pages. It's not like classic screenwriting format. It's like block text. Cause I didn't know what screenplays look like. So it's just block text, like 
Revan colon line across the entire page, Malik colon line across the entire page. So like, you know, the classic role in screenwriting is a page mm-hmm. a minute, but that's when it's in screenwriting format. The way that I was typing it out, it probably would have been like a page is two and a half minutes. So you just think 800 page, so 1600 minutes, whatever the fuck that is. Oh my God. <laughs> you wrote like the Martin score. What was that Martin Scorsese movie? That was like four hours. You have to be more specific. Um, uh, the one for Netflix. Oh, the Irishman. Yeah. You wrote like, yeah. like seven Irishmen. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I wrote seven, <laughs> I, I wrote seven Irishmen in the span of a year. And then and a then, whole TV series. Yep. I wrote seven Irishmen in the span of a year and then, you know, three Game of Thrones in the span of another year. All around the same, telling the same story. I mean, it must have really tapped into something for you. Also, it was all you were writing. I mean, it's, it, it's fan fiction, but I don't think you were thinking of it as fan fiction, right? You were not going. Oh, no, I'm writing the adaptation. Yes. This was you being like, and then obviously they'll give me the license when they read it. (laughs) Yeah. No, because they're, they finished three. They, as far as I knew at the time, they had finished the main series one through Mm -hmm. six. And I'm like, well, they're going to need a new series and I've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Is there anything that you would like to plug um, well, you can follow me on Instagram at Danny Galvin 19. Uh, I don't post anything, but I've got an amazing, uh, list of golden retrievers and drag Queens that I follow. And I think that's pretty valuable in and of itself. Okay. So definitely, uh, listeners should check that out. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Let me just, uh, all right. So please rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash devil's daughter podcast. Our theme music is by to do list, AKA Harrison lot editing by Gabby Gottlieb with production help from Jason Ryder. Special thanks to Patreon subscribers, April Adams, Andrew Akerboff, Sam Bowers, Ann Welty, Adam Kershat, Caleb Brecken, Chris Van Houten, Putin, Chris Van Houten. I'll find this out someday. And Susie Carroll. If you like this podcast, check out one of our other Devil's Daughter podcasts like Talking Shop, in which hosts James Dugan and Rob Grabowski interview comedians in the Chicago comedy community about life, comedy, and everything in between. And Blocked, a podcast where guests do dramatic readings of their actual horrifying dating texts. And Devil's Daughter is now offering online improv workshops and classes through partnerships with local BIPOC improv teams and donations to social justice organizations. Your class tuition helps fund and grow our community. Check out Devil's Daughter's Instagram and Facebook for more information. Devil's Daughter. I remember them.